Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to You're Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Uh, Meh. Not even joking. So, uh, recently we've covered a number of different stories about the drag community finding itself in the, in the crosshairs of the far right. And I, quite frankly, don't want to rehash that whole discussion again because it's just going to come up again in a few weeks anyway, I'm sure. So... Today, I want to talk not about the backlash to a recent commercial that featured a drag queen, but rather the decision an institution made to use a drag queen in order to appeal to its target demographic. So the institution is the United States Navy, and they released a commercial recently that featured uh, yeoman second class Joshua Kelly, uh, who goes by the stage name Harpy Daniels. Who announced on social media in November that they had uh, that they had been invited to become a digital ambassador for the Navy and has performed drag acts at four sailors. Um, while Kelly became a digital ambassador for the Navy in 2022, his drag act has been publicized since 2018. He said, quote, I have many LGBT friends here. And if you can stand at attention properly and speak with proper etiquette, that's what it comes. That's what it comes down to in the Navy. I've not once had a bad experience as a gay man in the military in the navy so uh, you couldn't in i know i literally <laughs> was singing the same thing while i was reading this earlier but let's not forget more often than not casting and advertising is intended to address specific demographics so what does it say about this particular culture war topic that the navy of all institutions is using a drag queen to appeal to potential recruits i thought this was very fascinating that that like the navy of of all places would put a drag queen in their commercials that that really surprised me those submarines back those 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 submarines are so like intimate and tight it's so homoerotic i think it makes perfect sense <laughs> was there was there pushback to this there must have been oh, right absolutely uh, a, a nor- enormous pushback but it's interesting because like 
Yeah, there was plenty of pushback online. I won't read the comments. It's all a waste of time. But just talking about how it's like Biden's fault that the Navy has gone so woke, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, I think. I love when as, they blame as if, as if like the, the president of the United States is sitting at his desk saying, bring me that drag queen ad for the I Navy. Love, I love so also stupid. when they when they use when they use they blame Biden for like the wokeness of it. And I'm like, yeah, you're blaming an 82 year old man who's been in He's, politics yeah. since 1970 for wokeness great yeah, right. cool that makes a lot of sense right right yeah no i mean yeah, i i just think go ahead go ahead elliot oh no i mean i'm just yeah i was stunned when when you when you showed this to me brent i was like how, wait how why and this would be stunning to me way before republicans but explain right why it's stunning, stunning because they're doing it or it's stunning the backlash no it's stunning that they're doing it it seems like such an unlikely a uh, very funny tongue-in-cheek choice that just goes against the sort of obviously that sort of like buttoned up militant you know idea of what the military industrial yeah. complex is yeah. but at the same time I would never have uh I don't know it's only now of course that like it's it's finding a, clearly a groundswell of controversy because the right is is manufacturing this stupid rage over not like yeah, true nonsense yeah 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 for sure i don't but i don't want to get into the weeds on the rage because there's always going to yeah. be backlash especially right now i just think that, that like, i'm just surprised really interesting strategic choice what do you think well, i i don't think i mean i do think it's interesting sure but i also think it's 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 a, it's a response to the history of the in general the military in general recruiting largely poc largely lower income people into their ranks because they know that they're an easy target, that they're an easy target for financial freedom from the situations they're in, from the communities in which maybe are underprivileged that that they live in, that this could be an opportunity for them to grow and get out of that with a pension and a job and all of the things. And, yeah. and that's while that's great, it doesn't necessarily address a problem that we have with income inequality and all of these different things that we have in our system. And so I think it's actually great that the 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 you know the army the navy all these they use different tools for recruiting and showing that not only are we inclusive and that we're a safe space for different genders for different sexualities for different races for different people that because there is something intimidating about the navy and it it's very masculine and it's very it seems very white and it seems very like it seems all of these different things and if you show that maybe it isn't that well then I don't mm -hmm. think there's a I don't I think we should be applauding that not necessarily questioning oh, of course. you know what I mean that, absolutely I, I think it's a I think it's a fantastic choice uh but I still think it's it's one that certainly surprised me for what it's worth I've gone on many many dates over the years with lots of guys who've served in our armed services and armed forces I should say <laughs> and uh uh but they were providing you always a told they were me, providing you a service. oh my god yes. jesus christ <laughs> they've always told me I, i've never had someone tell me in the last like 10 years that they had a problem being gay in the military it's very consistent like the camaraderie yeah. that you develop i think with the folks that that you're in there with I, I, which isn't to say that that's universally the case but it sounds pretty consistent that lots of folks are being accepted for who they are yeah. if they choose to, you know, give many years of their life and, and potentially risk their life for our the one area so. that that there has in your right that there has been a lot of growth in terms of LGB 
uh, equality within the military ranks. But in terms of transgender issues and gender expressions and the gender variations, it has been, and there have been many documented reports of many different service men and women or even non-binary uh, service members who struggle because it is very much, uh, there is a binary when it comes to the military and there's definitely a heteronormative sort of way of existing. And if, and they're, they're okay now a little bit with the gay men and the lesbians and they can handle that. But when it comes to somebody saying that they're transgender, it becomes a different conversation in a lot of situations. And I think that's probably our next hurdle. And what's so interesting about this, I mean, drag culture has such a, is such a uh, almost a hug of the trans community and and you know we're there there's a there's a thorough thread between those two communities yeah and what i think this does is it shows gender expression in a different kind of way that it isn't just you have to be okay with the gay guy possibly sleeping in the bunk next to you but also maybe that gay guy expresses himself differently than other gay guys that you know and that's not threatening to you in any way and maybe this video does a little yeah. maybe this campaign does a little bit to maybe ease those tensions yeah. too Absolutely. It's definitely, yeah. I mean, it, I think it's, there's nothing, it's a, it's clearly like a great, you know, resource and, and a use to, to cater to, you know, getting people to, to sign up and serve. It's just so surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah. Also, no, I know. Let's, let's be real. Yeah. They're, not, they're not putting this person in televised ad campaigns and, and going out there and they're not making this person and, and drag a part of their commercials to recruit people. This person is literally a digital ambassador, which is, for all intents and purposes, somebody who, you know, posts a Instagram video. Yeah, it's like nothing, but still uh, good. Okay. It's still good. It's just, let's just, yeah. Let's yeah. Be real. they're not paying this person to be on in commercials and shit. Oh, all right. All right. I'm now. just saying, I'm just saying that like, it's, there's a, there's a, when you say digital ambassador, like you, it's, and for people who don't necessarily work in entertainment or don't understand social media or how a lot of those things work, it really just means someone who they encourage to do Instagram posts. <laughs> Well, I guess if Harpy Daniels is listening to this podcast, maybe they're <laughs> shedding a tear hearing this sort of belittling treatment. Maybe they'll uh, be able to be in a commercial of their exposure, okay. but that's real problem. So I do, I do want to pivot real quick uh, before we end this segment. Um, I probably should have mentioned this up top, but everyone, we have been pushing recently our Patreon. Oh yeah, uh, we want everyone to join our Patreon. It is fantastic. If you haven't already, check it out. Um, it's, it's an extra fifteen-minute segment. Every week, Alan, it's an extra 15-minute segment every week filled with me talking and joking and educating and, of course, Alan blabbing and boring. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> where Brent I do want to throw out drag videos, and it's where Brent – I know Brent is really pissed that I'm uh, cutting him off here because he wants, <laughs> he wants this moment for him. So, Brent, I'm going to give it to you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brent. Thank you. But I, I, I did want to say we got a message. We got a message on our Patreon that I thought was actually really sweet and poignant. It was from a listener, Crystal – uh, she didn't say where she lives, but she said, quote, hey, guys, I've been listening since almost episode one, and I'm still loving all of you as much as ever before. But I wanted to share how your podcast has helped open my eyes to the plight of others, more specifically, my own 19 year old son. Over the last few years, I've started to notice a change in his behavior. He's dressing differently and spending lots and lots of time out of the house. At first, I was confused, but now I see what's happening, and I'm coming to terms with the fact that my son is unhinged how do i create a safe <laughs> and loving environment for him and this was actually a really emotional <laughs> message that i received and 
first of all, as a board member of the National Alliance of the Unhinged in Washington, <laughs> I want this one. I want Crystal. I want you to call our organization first thing Monday morning, and I want you to ask for a welcome kit. We'll send you a goodie bag in the mail free of charge to help acclimate your family to your son's status. Now, the most important tool in this kit is a framed picture of Elliot Glazer. Immediately hang that on your wall. Show your son that he's not alone. There are forefathers and mothers who've blazed a trail for him. But secondly, there's a how-to guide to start a conversation with the unhinged. You can sit down with your son and say things like, everyone has a superpower. Try to use comic book language like that. It really connects with teenagers. Tell him some people use their superpower to climb big, tall mountains. And others, like Elliot, use their superpower to play nude twister with so many gentlemen <laughs> that you wear out the mat. If anyone's ever actually seen Elliot's twister mat, they'll know there's they'll notice there's no color left and there's dozens of holes in it. So so we want our listeners to know we support you, we love you. And we are here for you, uh, regardless of your status as hinged or unhinged. All that for a canned bit. <laughs> All that anger and resentment that flew across. <laughs> anger and resentment. Oh, yeah. You guys, if you could see the way Brent looks, if I cut him off and when he's about. Oh, my God. That he spent 30 minutes writing. He the anger. <laughs> you, it would be like you I'm are, about to be murdered. Like unhinged. I'm about to be murdered. You're emotionally unhinged. Murdered. <laughs> I literally, if I cut, if I cut off one word of you, uh, of Alan, you, don't you? He, sh he shows me a knife. <laughs> he brings up a knife. <laughs> Not even joking. We're here with Matt Harkins and Viviana Rosales Olin of Think 1994. Uh, what would we call it? A cult. A museum, it's sort of a museum slash collective slash, I'll let you guys explain what you, what y'all do. Well, we started back in the day, we did a hallway, uh, an a museum in the hallway of our apartment mm -hmm. about Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when we just realized we loved doing museum exhibits about whatever we were into at the time. Uh, we currently have, um, in collaboration with Junior High LA and Molly Werwind, a MILFs museum mm -hmm. up in LA through June 11th. <laughs> so if you're a fan of MILFs, if you self-identify as a MILF, um, if you just want to see some AstroTurf, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that's kind of what we're into right now. Yeah. Um, but, and then other than that, we um, we just watch a lot of TV okay. and we like to post pictures from it. Nice. Well, my, question, my question is, do you like, are you, you do like, you have such a distinct aesthetic and we'll talk about all the stuff you've done in a moment, but what would you call yourself? Like, like curators Curator? or, or like, would you ever use the word um, immersive producers? Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna use that. <laughs> I think you're immersive producers. I would take that. I mean, we definitely produce events. Yes. Yeah. So and that sounds yes. like it's in the world of things that 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 lives there. I think like there's definitely any event we've done. It's like we handle all parts of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I think you're like there's that term. I feel like it's a new term for a new job. It's like either immersive or like experiential. Experiential's very, you know, it was very hot. And we got really into the word experiential recently. Ah. Um, but now we um 
we now we just sell ashtrays also. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of like the new hot thing. (laughs) So let me, but let me, let me set the stage. So can you tell us like, as much as you're willing to, to tell us, uh, to tell our listeners, what is like the MILF, um, um, presentation that you exhibit that you have right now like what's it like the milfs exhibit we have up right now has like starting with like most exhibits that we ever like take part in or put up ourselves have artifacts which are just things that we find on ebay so Mm -hmm. in this case this artist molly she has bought everything that signifies milfs so like a redkin shampoo bottle Oh sure. yeah. <laughs> Molly found a um an old cheesecake factory menu <laughs> from the nineties. Wow. A borders bookstore credit card. Oh wow. <laughs> that one is presented in like an old coach wallet. Um and it also has like um a uh, card from a uh, plastic surgeon. Molly also set up this. The, uh, Molly really birthed this exhibit. We're just really excited to be a part of it. Um, but Molly also set up this phone where you can pick it up and you can like listen to voicemails left for for like a mystery milf. And it's yeah, like okay. they also created this vanity. This is like this is like so high tech to us. This vanity that like you look into it and it's like this video filter that shows you what you look like as like a post-surgery MILF. Oh, wow. It's absolutely insane. It's batshit, it's bananas. It's so fabulous. And then Wait. there's also art on the walls. So it's like a full experience and any exhibit that we take part in, we wanna make sure that that's going on. There's all different kinds of things. All the senses, mm-hmm. yeah. the smells. Yeah, I was I was lucky. What is actually what is the smell of a MILF? Well, that is actually also exciting because we got to collaborate with Bass Note Bitch, who along with Molly curated five scents that define the MILF. <laughs> and you can smell them at the vanity. Hmm. Wait, so what are what are those five senses <laughs> that define a MILF? Um I can tell you. Five cents. Yeah. Oh, five cents. cents. Or- like there's different cents. like, you know, perfumes that we've identified. Yeah, um, yeah that's what I mean. What are the five senses? Like, I mean, I would assume that there'd be like a Chanel number five because that's very old school MILF, like, you know, energy to it. I would assume maybe Elizabeth Taylor's White Diamonds. That would be a MILF sense as well. A White Diamond Cigarettes. was, I love White Diamonds. So one of them is, I think they were aiming like for like, Mid two thousands, Tender Kiss by Lalique. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, there's also um, Guess for Women by Guess. Ah, yes. Okay. Yeah. I feel like so a, whatever a shant, if a Shanti had a fragrance that would factor in. Uh huh. You know who has got a really cute fragrance? Selena Gomez from like years oh. ago. Oh. Oh. It's so good. Isn't it sad that we're in an era when? Someone like Selena Gomez, who you have to say back in the day, Selena Gomez, which to me, she's still a child in a way. Like she still feels like a child to me, even though she's literally a full-fledged adult. Yeah. One of the best celebrity perfumes was Hilary Duff with Love. Oh, wow. Oh. Anymore, yeah. That's so a good. bummer. Wait, so would you guys, when you do these shows, I mean, is this what you do for a living? Is there, I was just going to ask that, yeah. Yeah, it is. We've done like different things to make money from it, actually, because not every exhibit is like, 
I would call like a money maker. Um, <laughs> but like we've worked with we worked with Brazzers, we've worked with um, Bravo. Bravo, we've worked with uh, like ABC for Grey's Anatomy was doing like a pop up for a season of their show um, that was See, like a, you are experiential producers. We are. Tell everybody in LA that we are experiential producers. Yeah. And to call us. Yeah, because sometimes we email people and they're like, we do that. So bye. Uh, and it's like, all right. <laughs> so I, I, rem I remember Elliot told me when when we all lived in New York, Elliot told me about the uh, yes. exhibit that you put on in the hallway of your apartment. So what was that like on an, on an average Saturday? Uh, what was that like? Like, did did like would a couple people knock on the door and and they would come in or was it like really busy for a while? Did celebrities ever show up? There were times when it was like really busy. There were times when yeah. like we would make an appointment and then we'd forget and like get really drunk the night before and then just like <laughs> kind of let them in and let them kind of just wander around. We did have some celebrities. We had um, Paul Poirier and Piper Gillis who were Canadian figure skaters. Oh my okay. God. The girl who played Libby on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> oh my God. That wow. was huge for me. The girl. That was huge for, yeah. for Vivi. That was just huge for Viviana. <laughs> I think you guys are like early, you're almost like early adopters of um, the sort of corner of the internet that's the Venn diagram of like, gay, camp, queer, nostalgia, art. Like you guys have sort of figured out not only exactly what it is, but also how to make a living um, like honing in on it and, and like really like celebrating the spirit of whatever you would exact, whatever you might call that. And it's already, I mean, it's already very alive in your social media, but tell us a little bit about Yama Kipievo, the celebration of Kim Cattrall. Possibly that one of my favorites. Yeah. Yama Kipievo is uh, many things to many people, uh, but we had an exhibit that was a tribute to this video on YouTube that still does not have uh I think it like is it even in the millions? No, I, I checked. It's like six hundred thousand. Oh wow. wow, insane! But it's a video of Kim Cattrall doing spoken word jazz poetry, <laughs> um, and and like over the years it pops up. It's like how people like sometimes start rewatching America's Next Top Model all at the same time. I feel like people refine that video this, a lot. Yes, um, but it is just like the realest thing you've ever seen. Uh, yeah. There's like, it's Kim Cattrall, she's with her husband at that time. And they had a really intense erotic relationship. It kind of like seeps out through the camera. This is from a documentary they filmed about their lives. See, and I never knew what exactly where it came from. And is that right? It came from was a it, documentary it, about their lives? It was a well, UK it was like about- putting their book, right? That she had a sex book and wasn't there something with involved did. in that? Yeah. Yeah, this documentary was a part of like the promotion for the sex book. So she was <laughs> sort of letting us in in a way that I don't think anybody ever has like yeah. before or since. When Kim yeah. Cattrall lets you in just a little bit, <laughs> it's it's like you're going back into the womb, you know, mm -hmm. it's like you're being born mm -hmm. again. It's like you're you're in outer space, outer space, you know. It's like you are seeing a world that you you don't belong in, but that you feel comfortable in. It's just, it's beautiful, you know. Mm -hmm. So Have you he did um, with Kim Cattrall in the process. Um, no, but she did send her best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing about Kim Cattrall. If you, because I post a lot about Kim Cattrall too, and one of the things that I love is on one day, 
she will, if she likes what you're doing, she'll message you and say thanks or whatever. And then if she doesn't, she'll block you. But then, she seems oh. humor, humorless to me. But then, but then, because this has happened to me, she'll unblock you, but she won't follow mm-hmm. you. But it's a whole process. She is very wow. hinged when it comes to her Instagram use. And I, you know what? I love it because that's what Samantha would be. That I, I can also oh, say, I as somebody that. who was, I was lucky enough to visit, well, I was lucky enough to go to the Tanya Harding Nancy Kerrigan Museum. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to go to the Olsen twins um, exhibit when you put that in your your apartment as well i was lucky enough to go to the kim cattrall exhibit which truly is i will say remarkable um because as one of those people who discovered that video years ago it is the most baffling foray into the kim cattrall psyche you know like you guys were saying she's performing some sort of spoken word it does come from a book somewhere it's like it's latin and she's performing spoken word latin as her husband plays the upright bass it's it's all just very odd and to make a full museum out of it really was remarkable because you're seeing a piece of like this is what you guys do is find cultural ephemera and create an experience around it um, and I and you just did such a I feel like that was probably your your most headline grabbing publicity friendly exhibit. No, um, I, I just want to add that for the opening, we all wore denim and khaki. That's right. <laughs> That's so right. important. That's <laughs> like an important Kim. detail we didn't <laughs> t- discuss yet. Um, that I think one of our biggest ones, and I think the one that's still like, we cannot believe we got to experience that. I think like on our deathbed, the one we will like go down thinking of was when we did um, David's Dead, a celebration of Tiffany Pollard. <laughs> and then <laughs> Tiffany Pollard showed up to the opening. There was oh, like oh a God. fight. Someone left, like Wait, somebody so else left like explain, an ambulance. Just to explain for a lot of, cause I'm, I don't, that's a little niche for a lot of people. So if you could <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't, I don't know Tiffany Pollard. Yeah. It's a great oh, moment. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Tiffany Pollard, she was on like, remember VH1 reality shows from like yes. early 2000s? So she yeah. was on Flavor of Love. Okay. Um, she was a pretty like standout contestant on that show. And then she got her own reality show, I Love New York, which I think yeah. had two seasons. Wow. It was an amazing show. Like it was like uh, the era when they too. smoked on TV, you know? She was on Celebrity um, Big Brother uh, later and that's where that reference comes from, which is iconic. Yeah, yeah, Celebrity Big Brother, she was on with David Bowie's ex-wife. And then David Bowie's ex-wife found out David had died during the filming, but another house guest was David Guest. Liza Minnelli's ex-husband. Yeah. And so David Bowie's ex-wife pulled Tiffany aside and was like, I just want to tell you David's dead. And Tiffany thought she meant Liza Minnelli's ex-husband. <laughs> Who was in, the, in house. the house. <laughs> so she ran through the house saying, oh my God, David's dead. Then she see that David was just, because he'd had a cold. So then she sees like, they're like, oh, David's not dead. He's right here. He's fine. And then she, <laughs> she goes after Angie Bowie saying she's making things up. Yeah. and like trying to cause trouble and then we find out david bowie died and then he's like well okay and then it is such a good moment i mean brent you have to watch the video because it is such a wonderful it's moment great. for history even if you don't know any of the people involved just the sheer confusion is what real misunderstanding is, is mm-hmm. it's iconic yeah um did you guys do that in la or new york that I was here because the Brooklyn Museum was doing an exhibit on David Bowie. Oh. And then so we felt it was an important kind of counterpoint. <laughs> so we did it at the same time. That's so hilarious. Like David's dead. 
Oh my God, that's so funny. Well, some of the other exhibits you guys have done, um, just to name a few, you've done Autograph Hound LA, which is with Sarah Ramos, the actress, and she uh, uh, posted, or you got you you um, curated an exhibit of her lifelong pictures that she took with celebrities from when she was a little kid up until now as an adult. She's a, she was a child actress and is still an actress. Um, and that was remarkable because that was just so many pictures. It was spanned every era. And what um, was so exciting was people would send in their autograph hound pictures mm. and just like what a journey that was of like, oh, this is the time I met David Spade. And it's like, wow, <laughs> thank you. And we'll, we're going to hang that up. <laughs> Great. Um, you've also done cringe portraits from the pandemic, Brittany, an exhibit called Britney's Instagram posts, the real housewives pointing fingers, goddess, the exhibit, uh, then all one word. That was Anna Wintour. Oh, that was Showgirls. I love that. Then um, all one leg. Anna Wintour double crossing her legs. Uh, David's dead. The celebration of Tiffany Pollard. Nicole Richie's 2007 Memorial Day barbecue, and the Olsen twins hiding from the paparazzi. Now, I tell me more about the 2007 Memorial Day barbecue because I don't know what that is. Oh, this was a, a barbecue that Nicole Richie held, and she sent out an email that was like. Um, a joke, but it was like telling people that there's going to be a scale at the door. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And if you were like uh, tipping it, you like wouldn't be allowed in. Then it was like, um, I I forget what else, but a lot of other things that made people mad because it leaked. And then the other big thing that happened was at the party, Misha Barton, I think took too many mushrooms. (laughs) Um, And then she had to leave on like a stretcher. Oh my God! What oh, did the wow. ex- what did the exhibit look like? The exhibit had like paintings of figures from that time. <laughs> oh uh, you know, Lindsay, Brittany, all the people you would expect might have gotten that email. Yeah, Laura Collins did um, a huge, gorgeous um, painting of Bimbo Summit, um, <laughs> as well as Lindsay Lohan with her ankle monitor. Yeah, there were crocheted ankle monitors. Crocheted ankle monitors. Oh my uh, we God. did that with Pop Culture died in two thousand nine. Who's a genius? Yeah. What, what draws you to like this um this moment in pop culture history? Like what what do you find so um attractive about it that it, it really does uh I, you know um um speak for so much of the content that you guys create and curate? Well, this one in particular the Nicole Richie barbecue. I mean, I just remember when I read about that it just seemed like really glamorous. Like Really? Oh yeah. I mean, it was like Misha Barton was there. (laughs) 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 I mean, I'd not like, I've never been to a party where Misha Barton was. True. It's akin to like going to a a photo exhibit of like, you know, pictures of the Rolling Stones, you know? Mm, And it's like, we wanted to kind of create that for that because that that's what it felt like. And, and then, you know, Y2K came back so big, like right after that. So it's like, now we're, now we're like, you know, we're thinking about MILFs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And ashtrays. <laughs> um, and Matt, I want you to tell um, uh, Alan specifically what your tattoo is, because i big fan of your tattoo, and I knew of it before I even knew, I think, of you guys, because we have a mutual friend who showed it to me, and then I kind of put the pieces together. But tell the audience, and specifically H. Allen, what your tattoo is. I have a tattoo of Joy Behar, but oh. it says live joyfully and she has seen it they showed it to her in an episode of the view because they were talking about people who get celebrity tattoos 
Yeah. And they were talking about somebody who got like Miley Cyrus on his back and they showed it to her and she was like, I think that's really weird. And then she like changed the subject um, <laughs> yeah. and did not want right to talk about it. it. And it's become more of a nuisance now because I never realized when I got it at the time that like, like who knew Joy Behar would be such like a political, like yeah. De yeah. divisive well, figure? I mean, like not I, in a million years would I have like assumed. Matt, I do have to say um, you should have assumed that because from the very... <laughs> From the very beginning of The View, and I know this as someone who skipped school in order to watch the premiere of The View, <laughs> that Joy Behar is the firecracker. She's the redhead firecracker who causes the trouble, and she even got fired from The View, I'm guessing, before you got that tattoo. I'm guessing she got fired, like, and you got the tattoo a couple years after she got fired, right? Well, when did you get the tattoo? I think I got the tattoo in, like, 2014. 15 yeah 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 you, you should really have assumed that she was going to be a political <laughs> because because it all went so, down in Nursegate. <laughs> what's so wonderful about joy is that she is i mean even in her comedy she's like she's very political she always kind of has been and she's so like i mean to me as i do drag outside of this and it is my dream on someday if ever drag race happens that i will do joy behar for snatch oh, yeah. it is yeah Joy Behar is a desperate, she's in desperate need of dragification, in my she opinion. She is. And I think, mm. I think. And then I just found out, I just started go, going back and watching old Sally Jesse episodes. Yeah, Sally's and they are wow. so similar. Yeah, they really, well, you, you might, uh, the spoiler alert, these guys don't even, I think, know this. My mother was on an episode of Sally Jesse Raphael. <gasps> Yes. Shut what? what? We'll explain afterwards of what the episode. It's lost in the air, but I will explain once we get yeah. off. But yeah. Because I don't know if yeah. my mom wants to be talking about that. But she was on an episode of Sally Jesse Raphael. Well, keep Exciting. us Whoa. on the loop with that. I will. I <laughs> will. Right. So, you guys, yes. this is where can people find the work that you're doing on the internet? Oh, you can follow us on Instagram. Our, all our socials are THNK1994. It's like think without the I. Um, it stands for Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan, 1994. Um, and then our website's THNK1994.com. Amazing. Thank you guys well, so much. I'm obviously a big fan, and, and I hope that more people can discover your um, beautiful uh, batshit brains and and, <laughs> and crazy taste in in, uh, in 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 everything cultural ephemera thank you so much for having us on and live joyfully yeah please yes. i really do want to know actually yeah. <laughs> and another thing hey h allen here so instead of the usual nonsense we usually talk about in our and another thing segment this week, we thought it would be fun to give you a little taste of what's going on over at patreon.com slash you're making it worse. Each week, we offer an additional segment called, Oh, you son of a bitch. Brent does it better. I know, I know. Don't come for me. It's basically the shit we talk about before we start recording. It's a lot of fun and a little peek behind the curtains of our unhinged friendship. So here, this is this week's Oh, you son of a bitch where we drag Elliot for being late to our recording. It's really funny, and we think you're going to love it. And if you do love it, go subscribe to patreon.com slash you're making it worse for more. Oh, you son of a bitch, and so much more. Uh, so <laughs> we were supposed to start recording at 5 today, but it's 5.30 now. Elliot, what happened? <laughs> I got lost. I was on a hike. 
Okay. Uh, and I got lost. Where were you on a hike? Where were you on a hike? <laughs> Riverside. <laughs> Riverside. You were literally. That's like, that's like eighty miles east. <laughs> yeah. So eighty minutes. Eighty minutes. Wait. So yeah. you got lost on the hike. I, I, yeah, how? although I was there much earlier, and then by the time I got lost, I was like, oh, shit. And then I, when I was on the road, I was like, I was trying to make it back in time, but but I was yeah. sorely mistaken. Yeah. How? <laughs> Wait, so, all right, I need, to, I need to understand, like, what, like, when you say got lost, like, how lost, how long, like. Well, I mean, I hiked up uh, a mountain. I mean, the whole thing must have been, like, around three miles total up a mountain. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Jesus. And then when I was coming down, I mean, it was an, it was an up and back trail. Yeah. It was paved. So like when I came back down, I accidentally took a turn that went the other way. And basically I was oh, like, okay. this this was beautiful. And I did not see this before. And that's <laughs> yeah. when I realized I had taken a wrong turn on that damn hike. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That yeah. that like sounds frightening to me but it also sounds like something that would never happen to me um i mean it's not (laughs) not frightening it's just that it's just i mean it's sunny out and it's safe and paved and yeah there like there were people unlike the other time the other time you had a mishap while hiking there so there were people around such that if you needed like assistance you could have yelled at someone or something the other time you took a hike a couple years ago and you like, didn't you fall down an embankment and you and you yeah, had trouble was... getting back up, right? <laughs> yeah, that was different. That was, yeah, that was in the base of the Sequoias. Uh, okay. And I was hiking because I wanted to sh- show my dog snow. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and so I went to the base of the Sequoias and did a hike there. And then when I made it to the peak, I mean, it would got, it gotten a lot snowier than I th- thought it would be at the top yeah. of the mountain. Um, I thought it was just going to be like du- a dusting of snow because it was, yeah. I don't know. Jan- well, I don't know. It was January or February or something. Sure. And then by the time I hit the peak, I was like, there was no uh, shoe pr- uh, footprints left in the snow. And I couldn't see where the actual, it was a hairpin turn. Oh. I sound like I'm like, I'm, uh, I mean, I like hiking. I'm not like a, I'm not like an REI crazy person. Yeah, and right. I, I have nothing but love for that but like yeah whatever so i did the hairpin turn at the peak of the hike and completely miscalculated the depth of the snow because the snow was actually like icy snow and i fell into an embankment up to my neck wait what (laughs) yeah up to your neck (laughs) yeah was there anyone else around no 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 this this is pretty desolate and then by the time i and then i tried to get out of it and when i got out i was crawling out and that's when i fell and tumbled down the the mountain and hit my thank god i hit just above my lumbards why are you part of my lower back why are you continuing that's what I'm, like <laughs> good. good quite this is ter- this wait this story is way scarier than i remember yeah. there was a yeah, there was you were already terrified there an act there was an actor who recently died by going lost on a hike i the fact yeah. that you got lost today on a paved pike that which which infers <laughs> that the the pavement <laughs> brings you in a direction to safety and you got lost on that <laughs> stop hiking elliot like stop it <laughs> that one the one in, in the sequoias was was to be fair, like I miscalculated what what to wear for like seasonally, I 
you know, I started too late in the day. Like I had to beat oh the clock. So God. by the time I got out of the embankment, I rolled down the hill to the point where I couldn't see or hear my dog. And I hit the middle of my back, oh my which God. was just above the lower lumbar part of my back where I had fucked it up through CrossFit. So thank God I actually didn't, if I, if I had hit the part of my back, my lower back that I'd destroyed doing CrossFit, I don't think I'd have been able to move. And I would have had to have, to have to been helicoptered out and god knows if like what would have happened to moses if he had i mean it was insane but i managed to scale my way back up the the ice so, so i i now well i'm i'm glad you got your dog i'm glad you obviously look look here's here's the reality obviously hiking mishaps happen absolutely all the time you are not crazy you're not alone that said it is sort of deceiving how dangerous hiking can be and like there are like innumerable instances and they don't uh, of stories or 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 folks who did the same thing where they're hiking in the desert they bring a bottle of water thinking oh well yeah you know i'll be back in time and they die halfway through halfway in the middle of the hike yeah but, um, I, but and I, same yeah. thing in snow it's i just i only throw this out to be like you know i, I know you're fine you're and and you're obviously a smart and capable person but I think it makes sense to be a little bit more cautious. Yeah, right? I mean, after that, that that first one was was pretty terrible, and I was not cautious enough. But today was just a, like a, a minor mistake. If I sure. were to go into yeah, like yeah, Josh, yeah. I if I were that. to hike in Joshua Tree or like the woods the, again, yeah, alone, I, I would be more. I have like fanny packs and like big okay. water bottle. Like I have like all the gear now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. But right. um that's good. But I'm that's also good. not I, and I, and I hear I'm that. not camping. Oh, yeah. No though. I feel like I feel like this is also a situation of time management and hiking prowess in that if 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 you had something at five, let's say five o'clock. Let's just say that. Yeah. Maybe maybe a hike up to the Griffith Park Observatory would have sufficed. You know what I mean? It's a beautiful day. <laughs> sure. It's off-road. Yeah. You don't have that pavement experience, so it's good on the knees. Yeah. You no, know, it's like, Yeah, you're not wrong. It's like it's I mean, like, technically the hike is yes, like an hour away, but I got there at like 12:30 and figured it's like an hour I figured it was like an hour long hike, but I was wrong. It yeah. was longer than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the time I got lost, I was like, oh no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, th thus his life. I never have any interest in exploring the other hikes that are available. There are literally two hikes None. that I go. No, None. there are three hikes that I go on in Los Angeles, and I have no interest in exploring any any other hike other than those three. The one, the ultimate one, is the Hollywood Reservoir. I find it to be calming, relaxing, beautiful. Every Every time I go, it's very peaceful. It's not very strenuous. It's yes, a wonderful, beautiful there. Wonderful little walk. Yeah. Silver Lake Reservoir, also more more urban, but still fun. And then the Griffith Park one. That's all you need. You don't need to be killing yourself driving for an hour and a half to well, some place in Riverside. Well, I mean, I'm I exploring, and I and I went to go see what is called Rapunzel's Tower um, in, oh, at, in a park there. <laughs> I hiked to. It wasn't just like a random hike. Well, I would I would argue there's no such thing as a hike you need. There, you don't need any hikes. Uh, <laughs> the only hiking I do is to Target. Like, I, right. there's nothing I hate not more like at all. than I hate hiking. Oh, interesting. It's one of my least favorite activities. I did not know it's that. Sun. Well, I'll, I'll tell you why. And, and I, I have been able to isolate why. I don't like 
slow, gradual burn. I like when I'm doing cardio or exercise, I like doing short bursts. It's called high intensity interval training, short bursts of really intense stuff. I think it's fun. It's just how my brain works. I know other people obviously are, are wired differently, but I don't see going on a hike. I see, I do see it as exercise, sure, but my intent for doing it is never necessarily exercise. It's more therapeutic. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I, it's it's not it's same for me. It's like we're sort of split the difference where it's clearly exercise, but it's not like like I don't think of it as like actual exercise. Yeah. I think of it as yeah, like meditative and yeah. Um, potentially romantic or whatever, whatever it might be. But yeah, it's, it's more, it's more mental. Potentially romantic with a partner or just you alone? With, a, with a partner, with a partner. with someone today? No, God, no, 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 God, no. No, wow. no gentlemen. Wow. No gentlemen. Um, well, I, I did want to tell you up. Yeah, I need to know about this broken glass. All right, so I did want to tell you about what happened last week. Literally a week ago, I, what was I doing? Not going and, on the bike. That's for funny. one, yeah, yeah, right. For one reason or another, I broke a glass. This glass was, uh, it was sort of like a small water pitcher, so it wasn't as bigger than the standard glass, but also not like massive. So help me, God, I have been picking up shards of glass <laughs> off my floor for five days you have five a- days afterwards i don't have a vacuum no but I, so i broke the glass i i obviously got my broom i sweeped everything up i got down on my hands and knees oh. uh i mean obviously elliot was also on his hands and knees that day but for, <laughs> for different reasons i got down on my hands and knees and like with my cell phone flashlight sweeped like the whole area i'm like all right we're good to go cut no. to fucking four days later I i'm still like finding that. shards 15 feet away i mean glass. like little pe- like tiny little pieces or actual shards uh uh well so not massive but also not like not like fragment like right. grains of sand like big yeah. enough to thankfully i didn't cut myself yeah. but there was one there was one day i was like oh i have something on my foot and i look and it was just a shard of glass oh, no. that was like stuck to this again it hadn't like penetrated the skin but it was just stuck it's like, the yeah. fuck is going on? I mean, glasses it, like it, that it though, drove you, me crazy. Honestly, one of the best, even though it was an investment, it is, I, there's something I just get off on it. The, 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 the love yeah. of using my Dyson to vacuum up everything is just so yeah. fucking satisfying that like whenever, and especially after Frazier had that, that my cat had that moment of like eating the string and you know, being very, yeah. being very conscious right. of what's on the ground and stuff. Like, oh, vacuuming, so satisfying. Yeah. And then dumping it out and then watching all that shit that you picked up off the ground from a, from a safe yeah, it's great. three feet away is just so satisfying. I, I don't have a full vacuum, but I have a dust buster and it is a lifesaver. Yeah. You have a dust buster. Yeah. You know, buster. I, 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 I'll give you my, I, I put a mild one. I've put off getting a vacuum cleaner for a long time because I've, you know, as someone with hard floors and, and also like you shag rugs, yeah, shag rugs, I feel like I, I, I would, I don't know. I just, I, I put it off for years and I, and um, I feel like I've, I've gotten by in life just fine with a, a mop and, and a switch. Having but, a little, but, having a little dust buster, just, just a small little handheld thing would Save yeah. all of your trouble in that situation. Literally, all of your trouble. It would it would have uh, taken care of it in a second. 
I mean, for sure, it's it, 100%, Alan. It's a point well taken. That said, having a dustbuster wouldn't have warned me that some fucking ridiculous shard of glass had flown over the center console of my kitchen into the, the quote, living area 15 feet away. It was like, that's the yeah, problem. That's I, some, I don't know how that, these things traveled so that, far. That's glass, though. Glass is one of those things that, like, because it does break down into, I mean, this is just like chemistry, but the way it breaks down into the little sand pedal things that it does sand goes things, really yeah. far it goes really really far yeah because it's so small it travels with you know the ac or the wind or you passing by or walking or whatever it is it's just one yeah. of those, you know yeah. one of those adulting things that you learn after it happens to you and then like you're in your crappy apartment and you see you know oh my god this uh, this glass won't go away like it's i yeah i look back on those things and i'm like that's when i learned that part of life <laughs> yeah know? And uh, it is good to hear uh, Alan's passive-aggressive description of my apartment as crappy. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, well, I was expecting someone much younger than you to have learned that lesson much earlier. That was the implication. <laughs> what would your aunt say? Brent, what did your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? I didn't recognize one name, Matt and Viviana. <laughs> that's just Brent. That's not her. That's not your aunt. <laughs> My aunt would say, David Bowie is dead. I'm just kidding. I'm no idiot. I'm not Brent. <laughs> oh, okay. How about Aunt Anne? Uh, Aunt Anne would say, I'm like Brent's date, except I don't use Grindr. I use the Food Network message board to find my friends. <laughs> Boy, Aunt Anne. Aunt Anne always, always gives me a chuckle. So does Aunt Joanne. So does Aunt Joanne. No. I love that. I love them both. And I don't give a fuck about Ramona. Clearly. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Bye. Till next time. Bye. See you later. Bye. See you later, jerks. Oh. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I like you like a friend. All right, fine. Take it out. Take it out. No. We won't.